You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hello, everybody. This is your host, Michael C., with another installment of the Keys and Anklets podcast. Today, I am joined by a sexy hot wife that I've been uh, chatting with on Twitter for a while, and we've been kind of going back and forth, and I told her how bad I really wanted to have her on my show, and her name is uh, Missy. I'm just going to call her M. Why don't you say hi to everybody? Hi. (laughs) Okay, now, you, like I said, you are in a, a hot wife dynamic with your husband, right? Yes. Okay, just to give my listeners an idea, um, I, now personally, if it was just me and you out, I would never ask you what your age is, but for the purpose of the interview, can you kind of tell my listeners how old you are? I'm 45. All right. And how long have you been married? Uh, we have been married for 23 years. Okay, and how long did you know each other before you got married? Um, four years before we were married. Okay, so 27 altogether. Yes. Okay, all yes. right, fantastic, fantastic. Well, for the purpose of this, let's kind of go back to the beginning. And before you, okay, the obviously your husband was your first marriage, right? The one that you're with now. Yes. Okay. Yes. So what were you like, like sexually before you got married? Like, were you trending in this direction or was this like the furthest thing from your mind at that time? Probably the furthest thing from my mind. We, you know, had the typical uh, college romance Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, had, had sex uh, normal. Um, But I think towards kind of, year four, I guess, um, we did dabble in, I would say, some more, uh, you know, risque uh, things. We did have our first threesome, and he and I became quite adventurous together, and so I guess it kind of just started moving on from there. Okay, so you kind of got your start in this kind of kind of early, as far as going, yeah, down this, it, going down this path, because some couples have been together, you know, 10 or 15 years before the door to the, 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 the kink world kind of opens up. And it sounds like you guys kind of got your start kind of early. Yeah. And I don't know that I, either one of us really knew that it was kinky or, you know, that there was any name for anything that we were doing. We just knew that we were having fun and, and, um, just exploring and, um, you know, just enjoying whatever kind of came about. Okay. So when you said you had your first threesome, was that another female or another guy? Female was our first one. Yes. Okay. Now you and I, like I said, you and I have talked before and, uh, you guys kind of came through the swinging door. Like you kind of went the swinging with other couples and then you kind of transitioned too hot wifing. Um, yes. So when you guys started walking down this path, do you remember who it was that suggested it first? Was it you that suggested it first? Was it him? I don't know that, well, that there was really a suggestion. I think it was, um, 
more um, just things kind of happened. There wasn't, when we first started, there wasn't a, um, a conversation or anything like that. It was just, you know, a lot of times there was a little alcohol involved and it was <laughs> just kind of opportunity, you know, kind of presented itself and it was, hey, you want to do this? Mm-hmm. And yeah, let's try it. We've not tried this before, you know, or that before. So it was always just kind of an opportunity arose and we both jumped in wholeheartedly, you know, two feet, let's do this. Um, just because we enjoyed uh, exp- exploring together. Okay. Now, you said that your first uh, foray into this was a threesome with another woman. Are you bi? Yes. Okay. So, I, I kind of like to ask this question. Um, are you bi t- in the sense of, like, left to your own devices, would you still seek out women? Like, are you just naturally attracted to women in that way or only in the, the context of a threesome? Will you go that way? Um, no, I'm, I am um, attracted to them. Um, so if it was just, which I have had just women um, and just men. So mm-hmm. I, I'm attracted to both. Okay. Okay. So you and your husband, you kind of get into swinging and you're doing that. Was there ever a time when you guys took a break? whether it was to, to focus on family or anything like that, or did you pretty much stay involved with it all the way through? Um, no, I mean, we took breaks with, you know, kiddos, and um, we, you know, we did have uh, two children mm-hmm. um, together, and so, you know, through that, it would it just kind of came and went. And like I said, with us, it was, sometimes it was just opportunity and opportunity came. So we might not have done anything for a while, but then an opportunity presented itself. So we jumped on it. Um, So, you know, um, but yeah, raising two kids, sometimes you just took a break because you just never got the opportunities to go out or be sexy or um, even find a babysitter sometimes. (laughs) So, So you talk about opportunities. Uh, Can you kind of give my listeners just an example of one of those opportunities kind of presenting itself? Because it sounds like you guys were more, I guess, into like the spontaneous type of happenings. Um, In the beginning, yes. Um, And then uh, we were actually introduced to some of the um, swinging websites Mm -hmm. and um, did that was kind of when we found out, oh, hey, we can actually set things up. We can actually seek out people right. and find people local that are into this thing called swinging. We didn't know it had a name. We just thought we were, you know, you know, a guy was thought, you know, told my husband, hey, I think she's sexy. And it was, hey, you want to play with us or a girl, you know, I'd bring her home that I, you know, met or what, you know, it, we didn't know there was websites. Some mm-hmm. you know, friend of us, friend of ours told us about it. And so that was kind of our first actual couple. Uh, it had always been a, a single uh, male or female. And then when we found out about the websites, that's when we actually jumped into um, full swinging of, you know, finding couples that we both uh, found attractive and, um, then, you know, um, would find someone and then set up dates, I, you know. Um, so that's kind of where we 
started. And so sometimes it wouldn't, you know, work out or we wouldn't find anyone for a while or there was no one local because it was back, you know, like I said, I aged myself way, way back <laughs> when actually the sites were starting. Right, right. And, um, and so sometimes you didn't find right? people on there that were local. Mm-hmm. So. so let me let me ask you, um, emotionally speaking, being that you guys got started as early as you did, and it sounds like you kind of, like, you didn't even settle into a pattern. Like you said, sometimes it was a single female, sometimes it was a single guy, and then the couples didn't come until later. So were you comfortable with that, like, from the very beginning as far as seeing your husband playing uh, with another woman? Like, were you always comfortable with that? There was never any kind of adjustment period for you? Um. I mean, it, we're human. Um, right. There, there are. I think there always is that little bit of this is supposed to be mine. How do I feel about this? Mm-hmm. Um, but I have all, you know, I and my husband both have always been, like I said, very adventurous and very open, and and uh, would talk about, hey, this really turns me on. What do you think about it? So we were very good about talking about, hey, um, that made me kind of jealous and he would say why or I or you know I would say why mm-hmm. and and we would talk we would talk about it so I mean just in a human um, brain yes there's always that little bit but being that we both were um, pretty free in our feelings because we never you know we knew there was a separation between right. um, sex and love and the act that was being performed, there there shouldn't be any feelings through there. You know, there should be an attraction, maybe a lust, mm-hmm. but there shouldn't be any feelings brought into any of the hookups or the play dates or anything. And so, um, you know, we we tried to keep you know communications open. Now, I mean, mind you, there are times communications <laughs> break down, right? You know, and sometimes that might lead to a break. You know, hey, I wasn't feeling really comfortable with this partner. We need a break. Let's step back. Mm-hmm. You know, something along those lines. But um, all in all, we have always tried to keep the you know the feelings out of out of what was going on. Um, so and so, communication has always kind of been at the core for you guys as far as talking things through. It's, now. When you started, because yeah, I, I understand that people kind of evolve in this lifestyle. So are there, when you guys got started in this, were there any rules that you had in place then that have kind of, you know, you've kind of evolved past and now you no longer have those rules? Um. I mean, just letting the other one know, like, you know, I said, the the feelings, you know, how, you know, do you like this partner? Um, We do have a, um, you know, no, we we, we have a veto. Mm -hmm. Um, If one just says no, then the other one agrees. Okay, then there's a no, there's a no there. Um, But as to rules, we really didn't set up anything going too much going in um just to enjoy it and if you didn't enjoy it let the other one know about it um so those were that was kind of um 
the only thing we had initially right. um, going going into going into any of this was just you know keep communications open and how are you feeling if if something's not feeling right something's not going right you know we would you know signal the other one um, or you know say something pull them aside, hey, I need a drink, you want to come help me, or, you know, something along those lines. Right, kind of like your little... Just communicate your, with the other one. Your little code word to kind of let them know that, <laughs> you know, we need to remove Yeah, this is not this going way. the way I thought it was. Yeah. We need to remove <laughs> yeah. ourselves from this situation. <laughs> I know some couples will have rules in the very beginning, you know, like, um, you know, no kissing or... You know, we're always going to be in the same room, you know, like in the beginning. And then as they kind of go through this, those rules kind of like they get more comfortable and they understand and they kind of, um, you know, loosen the reins, so to speak. Um, on, right. On like that. so we, I mean, I being asking. that we started out with singles, we were always in the same room. Right. You know, it was bringing in the single male or bringing in the single female. So then when we did switch to couples, I guess we did that we we started that out together, um, you know, that we would always be together and with each other. Um, and so I guess that's when it evolved in, you know, in the later years, these last three years or so is when it kind of evolved into the hot wife um, kind of genre, I guess you would call it. Um, and that did change some of our rules at that point. Okay. No, I definitely want to come back to that. But speaking on the, the making the transition, because uh, usually it's the other way around. Usually couples make the transition from playing with couples to playing with singles, whereas for you guys it went in the reverse. So I'm kind of curious, when you made the transition to playing with couples, what were some of the things that you recognized immediately as far as, oh, this is a lot different than playing with a single? Like, what were some of the things that you had to kind of adjust to now that you're playing with a couple as opposed to playing with a single female or a single guy? Oh, well, there was always that issue of, well, you know, you got to take one for the team. <laughs> maybe the, uh, we ran into a lot of, maybe he would find her attractive, but I wouldn't find him the husband attractive or vice versa. Mm -hmm. So those, that was always, um, a hurdle that sometimes we would have to jump. And so that was a, that was a definite difference in being with the singles to being with the couples was trying to find that perfect match so that one of us didn't feel like the other was taking one for the team, you know, or going to, I'm always curious when I hear that statement, in your particular case, who would you say it was that was in that position more often than not as far as taking one for the team? Um, it, I mean, was it equal? Was it him? Was it you? I, I, I mean, I would say I Being think honest. we always had a tendency <laughs> to find the females more attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of the, the couples that we gravitated to. So I guess I was the one taking one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> um, but being that I'm attracted to females, that wasn't, you know, I never really saw it right, that way. Right, it, it was a, I, I, it was a bonus for me. You know, I, there was a win-win. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you, usually it was the, the a female was always the more attractive of the, of the couple. And so um, I guess 
I was. <laughs> okay. So let's fast forward a little bit, because um, obviously my show is about the wife sharing lifestyle. So I kind of want to uh, shine the light on that a little bit. So you, yeah. you said that the transition into hot wifing is rather recent in the grand scheme of things. I mean, you've been pretty much active in a lifestyle for, you know, 20 some odd years. And you said that the transition to hot wifing has only been in like the last three or four years, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So um, what was it that, when did you start noticing that shift? Like kind of tell me about that transition and how it came about. Well, I guess we, um, we had kind of taken a little bit of a break. We just weren't as active. Our, our children um, were very active in sports. Um, my husband and I both were, um, you know, really busy with our jobs, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, it was just kind of a, a break, I guess we had taken. And one day I, you know, I said, I, I just, I, I want to, I want to get back into this. You know, I really enjoyed it. Let's, let's do this. And so we jumped back in by going, um, to a couple of clubs, okay. lifestyle clubs. Before you finish, can I just get you to pause for one second? So you said you guys were on uh-huh. a break and you wanted to get back into it. I just need you to be candid with me for a moment. When you were on that break, what was your sex life like with your husband? Like, on, a, I guess, on a scale of like one to ten with obviously one being a one and ten being like through the roof. At that time when you were on your break, right before you jumped back into it, where would you say, you know, things were with the two of you? Um, well, I would say we, I mean, we actually, when I say we were on a break, we we weren't on a break from our sex life. No, we no, no. We were no. actually still being very adventurous. We were trying new things, actually. We were kind of trying to find something that excited us, something mm-hmm. that, you know, new. So we were... Um, kind of doing a lot of talking, a lot of pillow talk. And I think that's probably where it started okay. was um, fantasies, talking more about what was, what turned us on, maybe from porn or pictures or, you know, with the internet, you can find all kinds of things. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we, um, that was kind of, we were, we were, you know, but sex life was, still good. Uh, you know, I would say we were probably still up of a, you know, eight. Um, and, but we, you know, I just said, you know, I miss, I miss that excitement of another person. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, let's, let's, let's jump back into this. And so, like I said, we started going to clubs. Um, and he just one night said to me, you know, I really enjoy watching you um, enjoy yourself um, with other people and um, other men. He said, I love to watch you be pleasured. And you know, I was flattered, and that's awesome. Um, and he said, what would you think of, you know, just, you know, discussing or, you know, kind of looking into hot wifing? And I didn't know what it was or what the name, what that was, you know? Um, so we kind of started Googling and looking up stuff on the internet and he would start sending me, uh, you know, porn, uh, um, over our phones and, mm-hmm. and kind of going back and forth. Uh, and 
it, there was a lot of, are you sure? You know, he said, yes, I enjoy more seeing you pleased than I enjoy, you know, trying to find someone for me to pleasure. He said, I enjoy pleasing you. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where it morphed from was, was his, you know, him telling me that he'd, he'd rather watch me. Um, so um, that's kind of how we jumped into the hot wifing lifestyle. Now, did it take you, you know, because I guess one of the things that, that I hear a lot of women talk about who, you know, who get into hot wifing is among the women, there's a certain amount of, uh, I guess, inherent selfishness that can be present, you know, because things are so focused on you, you know, um, you know, finding guys for you, him just watching you, you know, it all being about your pleasure. Like, like you are firmly under the spotlight when you're, you know, when you're in a hot wife type of dynamic. And for some wives that can kind of be a bit of a struggle because so often you're trying not to be selfish in your relationship. You know, but all of a sudden here's a case where, you know, from talking to a lot of the husbands, they actually want you to be selfish. Like that selfishness kind of turns them on. So was that a Mm -hmm. a difficult transition for you to make to kind of get comfortable being selfish or did you take to it right away? It it was a a kind of a difficult transition. One, um, him, you know, him not being pleasured. Um, uh, that was my job mm-hmm. was to make sure he was deriving some kind of pleasure from the act, you know, sexual act or, or, you know, that we were performing, I guess. Um, and so I, I had an, I, I had an innate issue of, I, and I'll, I'll let y'all in on a little secret. I am, um, sub submissive. Okay. Um, so, uh, in, in some circumstances, not all the time I can switch. Um, uh, but, and so for me, it was very hard cause I had always known to please him. Right. And so I found it very hard to then focus on myself, um, and, and how to learn that it was okay for me to be selfish, like you said. Um, so yes, I, I did struggle with that for, for a little while, um, in, in just, you know, realizing that he truly was deriving pleasure from watching me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, I, I didn't get that at first. Um, so we've tried many different aspects of the hot lifing lifestyle. Um, uh, you know, from the far end of cuckolding where I didn't let him have any pleasure. Right. Um, and all he could do was watch um, or get, you know, video or pictures, uh, to him being there and getting to be involved and, um, you know, be watching. And so, you know, there's, there's that whole spectrum of hot wifing and nobody ever fits into a little box. Right. Exactly. Um, And I definitely say our relationship doesn't fit into the little box. Um, but you know, you have to, it was it's been it's been an adventure. Just learning, you know, what we enjoy and and what uh, he likes the best and what I like the best, and kind of meshing all of that together. Okay, so let me ask you this then: as you were 
learning how to uh, adjust to this, not just the selfish aspect of it, but as you said, being that you kind of have a, a submissive streak in you, you, your, your mind is wired to please. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was kind of, I'm not going to say taken from you, but it was removed from the dynamic to the point where you were still pleasing him. It was just kind of like now it was automatically, meaning there, there was nothing you could really do to him. It's just a mere act of you enjoying yourself was, was pleasing him. Um, yeah. So for you, if you can remember, did you have like an aha moment where things just kind of snapped into focus like, oh, okay, now I get it. Whereas before you were kind of treading water, trying to figure it out and trying to get comfortable with it. Was there like a moment that you can recall where, like I said, things kind of snapped into place and you were, you, you just kind of got it all of a sudden as far as um, what he yeah, was getting out of I it? I would have to say, I would have to say there probably was. I couldn't tell you the exact moment that it, you know, that it happened or the exact, you know, time, you know, uh, play date or anything like that. But I do remember kind of suddenly realizing that I was comfortable mm-hmm. with what was going on and what I was doing and, and that little twinge of of guilt of it not being, you know, him maybe not being there with me and getting to be part of the pleasure. Um yes, it, it there was that kind of click of he is enjoying this also because I am enjoying it. Right. Um, I, I do, I do remember that I did have this kind of, you know, okay, I can do this. I can relax. I can enjoy this because he is enjoying it. Um, and I, I struggled with that a, a little bit in the beginning. Understandably. So, I mean, like I said, cause you guys have such a long history of doing it, kind of in, in in one way where it was so mutual and then all of a sudden things change and like I said the, the the spotlight is kind of is kind of firmly on you. So you said that you guys have been kind of playing in this end of the pool for the last, you know, three or four years or so. Um have you gone back to like playing with couples or has it been strictly a steady diet of just hot wife activity? since you made the transition? We have not gone back to uh, two couples. Uh, or, well, I'll say he and I have not gone back to couples. I still enjoy couples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, he, he uh, has, has not um, been in, uh, involved with any of the couples okay. since we kind of jumped, jumped into the hot wifing. And you get the impression that like this is where he wants to be. Like you never get the impression that he's kind of longing for that in any way, shape or form. You feel like, okay, he's, he's in his happy place when, with, with the way that things are now. We've talked about it and I ask him quite often, you know, Oh, did you think she was hot? You know, if, if you, we had the opportunity, would you? Um, and he's, you know, he says, no, he's he's happy with where we're at, and so he knows at any time if he's not, say the word. But he he says he's very content with um, with our situation. So, you know, win win for me. <laughs> right. So let me ask you this: um, 
do you ever miss it? Like, do you miss kind of being that team with him and kind of, you know, satisfying other couples? Like, you know, because I'm sure that was a lot of fun for you guys, and it's it's definitely a different dynamic. Do you kind of miss that that aspect of it at all? I do every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, I will say, um, you know, uh, uh, oh, this he would have loved this girl, you know, and I'll kind of refer back to, you know, oh, hubby would, would love this. Um, so I, I guess, yes. And, and, you know, if I'm doing that, I'm guessing that, yeah, I do sometimes miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of why I did kind of bring couples back in because originally we, I, when we did started hot wifing, it was strictly, um, males, um, and then, you know, I told him, I said, I really miss the couple dynamic um, of having girls, you know, having a girl there. Right. He said, well, find, find, you know, find you a couple. And so, I, you know, I do. I find, I'll find them here and there and um, and do definitely enjoy, uh, enjoy that. And so that kind of gives me a chance to, uh, to at least bring him in again a little bit through that way is to kind of say, you know, how much he would love that. Um, but yeah, I would say I miss it every once in a while. Okay. So when you, okay, so let me, I guess kind of back up a little bit. Cause I, I, I feel another transition happened somewhere during this time period. And that is when you play with couples, is he watching you or are you alone? Um, majority of the time I am, I am alone. Um, I have, we have a few guys that he will come and watch, um, but he has to feel pretty comfortable, um, to, to be there and they have to feel very comfortable. Uh, but I, I have not brought him in, uh, with any of our couples. I do have one couple that has, has invited him, Mm um, and um, but he, um, you know, I would say 90% of the time I play, it is without him. And, and I just record, I, I send him videos and pictures. Okay. So let me, let me ask you this then, because it, it when, okay. Prior to you guys making the, the transition to hot wifing, were you always playing together or did you have moments where you alone even then? We had moments where we were where we were alone. Um, he would uh, play. Um, he would play with a couple. If I, you know, and and then um, I didn't as much play um, without him, but he he would. Right. So he would play without and, you. Know, and you, I said you we, we always. You wouldn't. I'm let sorry. Play. No, I'm saying. No, I'm just. Trying, I'm just trying to make sure I'm understanding you. So he would sometimes play alone with a couple. But you very rarely mm-hmm. played without him being present. I'm trying to think back. Yeah, I, I, if I remember, I didn't usually play without him. Yeah. Okay. So what do you remember about the first time, whether it was before the transition occurred or, or, or after the transition recur- occurred, what do you remember about the first time you played alone with a, with a single guy where it was just you and him? Your husband wasn't there. They weren't, this guy wasn't a part of a couple. It was just you 
and him like what do you what do you remember about that like was it was it awkward was it weird not having your husband right there like what was that like like what do you it, remember about it that it was it was very it was very weird it was different um i do remember um being very nervous because in my head i kept thinking even though he sent me there full-heartedly hey i want you to do this i want you to enjoy it this is what we're going to do. I still, in the back of my mind, I remember thinking, is he sure about this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does he really want me to do this? Um, and so that first time I do remember being, uh, you know, very nervous and even being almost like a giddy little schoolgirl of, you know, um, you know, on her, for her first time right. of having sex. I remember being almost that nervous. Now, did it um, did it affect your ability to enjoy it at all? That first time, I will say yes. I remember just, um, I think, just being so out of sorts mm-hmm. that um, I, I do remember um, it having a very hard time um, relaxing. And um, it took the the poor guy. It took him a lot. He worked really hard <laughs> uh, to get to you know to get me to come. But um, he was a trooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was I was in my head. I was really in my head that first time, just because it was um, it was so not different. The norm. Yeah, it just wasn't no, you know what 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 you had been taught. What you you know were told it was okay. Um, well, I feel like I, there, I have had a, a quite a bit of a sexual almost awakening over these last couple of years of understanding, um, you know, that that I can um, enjoy it without him. And he still loves me, you know, mm-hmm. and he's deriving pleasure from it. And, um, and you know, I've learned... Um, I, I have a bull that taught me that I can squirt. I did not know this. <laughs> so uh, there has been a big um, awakening, a lot of things that I have experienced um, by going through this. And um, it, it has definitely broadened our, it made our sex life when I come home fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I love when I come home after being with uh a bull, um, having sex with my husband because it's, it's passionate. It's raw. It's primal almost. Yeah, it's animalistic. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, so, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a roller coaster, I will say. Um, but yes, that first time was almost scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's different because I mean, so often when, you know, when you're playing and your husband is there, you know, there's, I'm a, I'm a big energy person. And when you have your husband there, you're kind of able to feed off of his energy when you're in the scene with the other guy. Even if he's just there watching, you're still able to kind of feed off of it. So when you're alone yeah. with the guy, you realize that not only is he not there, but that energy source is now gone. So now you kind of have to find yeah. another way to supplement. Okay, 
where is it going to come from? Is it going to come from, am I going to be able to get it from this guy? Is it going to kind of come from within me? So you kind of have to find, right. you know, where am I going to get that, that extra energy from that I would normally get from my husband's, you know, seeing him, you know, seeing that look in his eyes of him being pleased by watching you, you know, that, that that's a big adjustment. That's a, that's a, that's a big adjustment um, to make. So for you, almost kind of like what I asked you earlier, what was it or what is it that you can recall that that helped you get more comfortable with being alone? And and the reason why I ask you these types of questions is I know that I have a lot of women that listen to my podcast. And so when I ask you certain questions, I'm asking you these questions for them because they may be dealing with it right now and like, well, how do I get comfortable with it? Or is it always going to be like this? Will it eventually get easier? And so I know that hearing you talk about it can be like that light at the end of the tunnel for them so that they can realize, oh, okay, it is going to get better. Because oftentimes they don't have anybody that they can talk to that can relate to what they're going through. You know, so yes, a lot definitely. of times when I'm asking um, these questions, it's, it's for them. Sure, sure. And, you know, I, um, I found your podcast and it helped me immensely. And so when you asked me to to come on, I was ecstatic because I've learned so much from other women who have done your podcast. So, you know, paying it forward was was big for me. But um uh back to your 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 question, the reason, you know, that that you ask, um just the the um you know, finding um, my energy and finding, I, I found that I dr- derived a lot of my energy. I was able to make energy um, by knowing that I was comfortable with myself. And it took me a little while to get confidence in myself knowing that my husband, you know, because my husband was not there for those positive affirmations. Oh, right. baby, you are so sexy and exactly. you are, you look so good doing that. I didn't have that to help with that energy. So I found that um, lingerie and heels were huge uh, things to give me um, confidence, made me feel better um, about myself. Um, I am a huge gym rat, love to work out. And so just, you know, going to the gym every day and feeling better about myself, um, that helped and helped, of course, help with my stamina. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, just those little things that I could do for myself and give myself that confidence kind of gave me that energy that I needed that I wasn't getting while he was there, knowing that I was making this video for him mm-hmm. and what he was going to like, um, you know, oh, he loves me and stocking. So that's what I'm going to wear this time. You know, just those little things that I could do to let him know that I was still thinking of him right. and I was still getting, you know, giving that and getting that. So let me ask you this then, um, again, fast, fast forwarding a, l- a little bit, Con- contrast where you are now 
in in your hot wifing journey to where you were those first few experiences and what i mean by that is like you mentioned the confidence like where is your confidence level at now at this point in the journey um i i'm a lot more confident um like i said in myself in my body in um not you know in new meeting new guys and new couples um whereas in the beginning it was terrifying to mm-hmm. think because it's almost like dating you're right. dating again you're trying to find someone new so those first couple of um you know guys that we would find um it was it was you know kind of a scary uh, thought of I'm walking into this and what is he going to think he's not used to to me is he going to be able to do what my husband did to make me come is he you know the, those few things I've learned to um, ask or tell them mm-hmm. this is what I like. Um, this is what I, you know, OS is what I might, you know, what I need, or also not even necessarily telling them, but learning to lead them. Mm. I've, I've learned a lot about leading. Um, so as I said, you know, being submissive, that has been kind of a hurdle that I've had to get is, um, not being as submissive and being able to ask for what I needed and what I wanted and, um, you know. It's interesting that that you that you it's interesting that you bring that up. I kind of want to focus on that for a moment because I know that, you know, there are other women listening to this uh, and and they are in that same vein as you being, you know, sexually submissive and and things like that. And having a, a, a BDSM background myself, one of the things that I find very interesting about dealing with submissive women is I often say that it's almost like this this cruel trick that the universe uh, played on on submissive women, and that trick is, as a submissive, you've always known what you like. Like you've always known what you like. You've always known the way that you like to be treated. You know, you you always know what you expect. But the trick is that you struggle with verbalizing that. You know, um, Mm -hmm. whether it's, well, I don't want to tell this guy what I want because now I'm not sure is he doing it because I said it or is he doing it because he really wants me in that way. Um, So it's not always the easiest thing to just come out and ask for, even though you know it in your mind what you want. And so but what I've discovered is the flip side to that is. Whereas a submissive might not necessarily just come out and tell you what they want. One of the things that I've learned is they've got no problem answering a direct question. In other words, you might not say, like, you can't really ask an open-ended question. Like, well, what do you like? Not saying you, because obviously mm-hmm. you've gotten to the point where you're, you're now used to kind of speaking up. But I'm more or less talking about the be- the beginning of this journey when you were fully in your submissive space. You know, if a guy were to ask you, well, what do you like? There's For you, there's not an easy answer to that. But right. if he's asking you very specific 
questions about situations like how would you you know would you like it if I did this or what if I did that you know if I put you on your knees and did this like if it's a direct question it's almost like there's this compulsion to answer like I've 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 mm-hmm. always been kind of surprised at the fact that anytime I've dealt with a submissive female they will pretty much answer any question I pose to them you know as long as I'm asking it in a certain kind of way and 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 I guess the most important thing is I'm asking it in a direct way because it's showing them that I'm interested meaning it's okay for you to tell me because I'm specifically probing for these things. In other words, I'm not asking you an open-ended question and waiting for you to kind of spoon-feed me what you like. I'm actually putting forth the effort to find out what it is that you like. So I find it interesting that you say you've kind of had to learn to ask you know, for what you want because, and I'm sure you've learned this as well, a lot of guys like to say that they're dominant you know Mm -hmm. and what I often say is it it takes a lot more than just you know slapping her ass pulling her hair and calling her dirty names you know yes and you know I'm sure you've dealt with guys who say that they are but then you kind of get in that situation and it's like okay you're let me take control and kind of let you know what I need because your idea of dominance kind of falls short of what my expectations of dominance are so I'm just yes. kind of curious, since you've kind of gotten into that where you're used to telling guys what you expect, have you kind of found this? Because you said, mentioned earlier that you can switch. Have you tapped into that switch side even more when you've been playing like by yourself and with other couples? Yeah, I think I've found that I, I sometimes have to. If I find a true dominant, you know, bull that's awesome. Um, that's the time that you can truly be a sub being that you don't have to, they, they will, like you said, they will ask you directed questions mm-hmm. that I am able to say, yes, sir. No, sir. Exactly. You know, yes, I, I, that is something I like. Um, I can answer those questions. I will quickly find out that a guy is not as dominant as he said he was. Um, you know, once we get in the bedroom, when he'll say, he'll be like, well, what do you like? Uh, well, you know, you should either A, no, or B, figure it out. Yeah, the, I, 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 guess, <laughs> um, I, I guess we don't want to, we so, don't want to tell too much because we don't want to give away company secrets, but would you say that that's kind of like a big tell like, like, you know, like before you get together, a guy will say, well, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm sexually dominant and things like that. And then you kind of get in the private and then he asks you the question like you just said. So is that kind of like a tell for you? Like, oh, okay, he's not really uh, <laughs> that way. Yes. I, I, I feel like that's a, that's a huge giveaway mm-hmm. um, that, you know, if, if once we get in there, he's not taking charge, he's right. not telling me. Um, this is what I want you to do. And he's kind of more try- asking me questions and trying to um, get me to lead him where I want him to be. That's a huge tell for me mm-hmm. um, to know, okay, he's not, he's not as 
what he said. And usually I don't, it doesn't get that far. I've only had a couple that, that, that snowed me enough (laughs) that, you know, um, they said they were dominant and they weren't truly, I usually can tell in talking with them. So um, is that what you, at, at this point in your journey, is that what you are seeking out? Um, more often than not, I'm I'm looking for a dominant okay. male that's going to truly um, be able to bring out my submissive side. I work. Uh, I have a high stress job that um, I want to come home and not be in charge, but mm-hmm. I'm mom. I still have to be in charge, you know? Right, right. So there, there's a time that I want to be able to just say, you know what? I want to disconnect and I want to uh, be told what to do. Mm-hmm. And, no. and so, yeah, that's, that's more often than not what I am looking for. And sometimes I don't even realize it. And that's kind of when I giggle to myself is, oh, wow, I've just, you know, sought out this guy and he and I have been talking for a while and without even really asking him and without saying that's what I was looking for, that's what I found. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I've I've kind of geared most of my searches that way without even really thinking about it. That, that's just what I've ended up seeking out. So I'm, I'm kind of curious about something. This is, this is a personal question. Um, you, when you guys started this, there was a certain dynamic that existed between you and your husband as far as where the dominant energy was coming from, where the submissive energy was coming from. Like those roles were clearly defined. And it sounds like as you've kind of made this journey and you've kind of, there's been some uh, self-discovery and you've kind of had to tap into that switch side more often. Uh, so I'm curious, the dynamic that still exists between you and your husband, like, do you find that you just fall like right back into it? Is it like a comfortable pair of jeans where you just go right back to being submissive and he's right back into being naturally dominant, even though you've now been with other dominant men? Um, well, no, actually, uh, I we have kind of switched our whole dynamic in our relationship through this and finding out that even though for say 20 years, he was the dominant one. When we started uh, into the hot wifing, um, we found that he really enjoyed being um, submissive to me. Mm-hmm. And so we explored that a lot. So when I said I was kind of a switch, um, I have learned to tap in with my husband Mm -hmm. into my more dominant side with him. Um, So when he and I come back together, I am dominant over him. Um, So we don't have that, him being dominant again. Um, right now, kind of our relationship is I am dominant over him and then I seek out. And I think that's why is I seek out these bulls that are dominant. Right. Because you still have Um, those. So that I can still be submissive. Right. You still have those needs. Um, I know that you say that you, 
you were a listener of my podcast before we uh, before we met, and mm-hmm. l- listening to your story, I don't know if you remember the episode or not, but this is actually a woman who I've known for for years, Miss D, and her situation was was like that, and and you know, kind of the big takeaway um, with for, with her episode was. If I can learn to be dominant with my husband, any woman can be dominant with her husband. Like, that's how submissive she was when this journey started, you know. And her advice, you know, as far as giving other women encouragement was, if I can learn it, you can learn it, you know. Because Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. such a departure from what she had always known. And then, like you say, you, you know, she got into this and you know, people kind of settle into to new roles and whereas before her husband was, was dominant, now she's the dominant one. And so now she really mm-hmm. seeks out because just because you make that transition, I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't mean that your desire, like your submissive desires don't just go away. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're still mm-hmm. there and they still need to be fed. You just find another source to provide mm-hmm. them, you know, because you realize that now you have to kind of feed your husband's submissive energy. Yeah. And it's just yep. like, I can imagine that out of everything that you've done, out of everything that you've experienced during this whole journey, I'd be willing to wager that that was probably one of the toughest things for you to do. It truly was. Um, just, you know, having to be, um, you know, dominant over him and telling him what to do and, um, you know, withholding sex from him um, was so hard. And it is, and I still um, struggle with that one just a little bit just because I do enjoy sex so much. Right. <laughs> Um, you know, the, the withholding and the, the, the teasing and, and all of that. That's great. I love, I love the edging and the teasing. Um, but the withholding is of sex is, is still something I, I struggle with a little bit just because I enjoy it. Um, not because I have an issue with it. Right, right. <laughs> um, but, uh, yes, uh, definitely was a little bit of a, just, it just different. It was something that I was not, um, in, in the bedroom was not used to and we still explore it and I'm still um, growing in my confidence mm-hmm. um, and and you know it kind of ebbs and flows in, in what I do and what I don't do and I might try this and see if this feels comfortable you know um, so it's ever it's ever growing it's ever changing I think um, so but uh, yeah let me let me ask you this then, because I'm I, like I'm I'm listening to everything that you're telling me, and <laughs> one of the things that I find very interesting ab- about this lifestyle, and it 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 literally happens to me quite frequently, and that is I'll I'll meet a couple, whether it's them together or I'll talk to the wife or I'll talk to the husband, and you know talking to them they're like oh you know we're we are a hot wife couple. That's what we are. And then I'll talk to them. And in my mind, I'm like, this, this, this 
sounds like a cuckold couple, <laughs> you know, because I've, I've like I've seen it. I've seen it so much, you know, and I guess, it's, you know, you kind of hear that saying, you know, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's not a chicken. You know, it's a duck, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and so I meet these couples and, and they start explaining to me, you know, how they are and, and how they go. And I, I get it. Like, I, I understand the, the perception of certain aspects of this lifestyle. And one of the things that I've learned about the cuckold dynamic is when you take into account all of the other roles in this lifestyle, it is the one that has, I guess, the, the, the more uphill battle as far as the resistance that people show before they hit that apex and start coming down the other side. What I mean is they fight it. Well, no, 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 we're not that, you know, like we're, I, I, I'm not like that. And then as it mm-hmm. progresses and it progresses and progresses, there's a struggle, like, like almost like they don't want to admit it. And one of the things that I find that is it's actually beautiful to see is watching that transformation. And when it gets to the point, like there's a point like you would, they, where they accept it. And it becomes a little bit easier. But then the transition from acceptance to embracing. Mm-hmm. Like like once it shifts into embracing, it really becomes a beautiful thing. Because now they're not fighting it anymore. It's like riding a bike downhill. No effort. You know, and like they're just in it. And they, they accept their place. And they accept the fact that their wife's happiness and pleasure means more to them than anything else like it is literally paramount to anything else and so it's funny because I introduced you you know as a hot wife couple and when we met you know you talked about it but obviously that was kind of a short conversation so I didn't really have time to get into all of this detail but the more that I listen to you whether you guys have accepted it or not what I'm hearing and as I'm listening is wow, this really sounds like a cuckold couple. And I'm sure that my listeners, you know, especially the ones who are cuckold couples themselves, they're probably saying the same mm-hmm. thing. Like, wait a minute, didn't he introduce them as a hot wife couple? Well, this sure does sound like a cuckold couple to me. And I'm just wondering, have you guys gotten to the point where you've kind of accepted that or are you still kind of feeling like you're in that transitional period? Oh, no. If you ask my husband, he would probably say he's a cuckold. Oh, okay. Um, and, and so, I mean, but I don't know. But when we talk about it with people, we don't necessarily say we're a cuckold well, no, couple. I, no, because, I, right, one, I people that. don't understand the concept. Um, um, but, no, I would – he he would uh, – he would say we're right. a cuckold, that he's a cuckold. For the, um, for the benefit of my listeners who have not heard my explanation of this yet, I'll just, since we've kind of segued to that, I feel like this would be a good time to kind of to mention it, just to kind of help people uh, get on the same page. If you ask 10 different people the differences between like hot wifing and cuckolding, you and I both know you'll get like 10 different answers most of the time. Mm-hmm. And... What I've learned is where I find where I, where I notice people getting tripped up is 
they get tripped up when they try to classify it based on the acts. Like, well, if you do this or if you do that, then you are this. And I find that Mm -hmm. that, that's kind of uh, cumbersome in a way because Mm -hmm. you can wind up having a million different combinations. You know, if if you try to classify it based on acts, and and for me, the way that I explain it in kind of, of of a you know in a simplistic way, that really helps people to understand. And I think that your case um, clearly illustrates that is when it, whenever I see two people, and I'm talking strictly sexual, um, there is a a sexual power component to their dynamic. For example. When you guys first started in this, okay, your husband was the holder of that sexual power. Mm-hmm. You know, he dictated who you played with and when you played with them and how you played with them. You know, so when the power is in the hands of the husband, that is typically a hot wife type of dynamic. And then as you kind of progress through it, it becomes shared. Like, obviously, the wife always has final veto power, but you understand what I'm saying when I say shared. Like, you have to both agree on who it is that you play with. You know, mm-hmm. like, okay, what about this guy? Okay, we both get the thumbs up. Okay, let's go. Okay, I'm giving him the thumbs up. You're giving him the thumbs down. Okay, it's not going to happen. Okay, I'm giving right. him the thumbs down. You're giving him the thumbs up. Okay, it's not going to happen. So when you have those two instances where either A, your husband has the sexual power, or B, that power is pretty much shared equally between you. I feel like those are hot wife dynamics. When it starts to evolve in the cuckolding is when it's the wife who is the majority shareholder of that sexual power. And what I find interesting about your dynamic is you've literally experienced all three. Mm-hmm. Like you have literally yeah. experienced all three. You went from him having it to it being shared to now you're in a phase where where you have it and so Mm -hmm. more probably more so than anybody I've ever had on my show you've walked in all three lanes so I feel like that definition probably really strikes a chord with you because you've lived it yeah and you've seen you've seen what's happened once that sexual power kind of fell into your lap mm-hmm. and how it's altered uh, uh, your dynamic with your husband to, like you say, to where now you're in control. You're, you know, you're pretty much selecting your lovers. You're selecting when you play and how you play. And like you said, now you're withholding and now you're giving him rules as far as when he can play, when he can't play with you, and you're probably even controlling when he can come. Like you said, you're yeah. edging him. So now you're like, <laughs> like, like now you're yeah. even controlling his orgasms. Yes. You know, so yes. I, I, I find that, 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 that very interesting. And uh, I, I find it fascinating that in the beginning of this conversation, I introduced you guys as a hot wife couple. And then kind of as we progressed through it, it's like, okay, I stand corrected. <laughs> You know, it's, 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 it's more than that. 
Yeah. I mean, and you know, like I said from the beginning, our whole relationship has evolved from, you know, day one of us meeting on campus to 20, what do we say, 27 years later, um, you know, our whole relationship has evolved and that power exchange has Mm -hmm. Uh, gone back and forth. And so, you know, you could talk to me in another year and we could possibly be in a whole nother place. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, We've enjoyed, we've enjoyed this. And so it's, you know, we want to try different things. And so this is kind of where we've landed right now and feels good. And, um, but, you know, I, I definitely for the ladies out there who, uh, are just beginning and their husbands are, you know, saying this is what they want. Try it, research, try different things, try different aspects of it. Um, you know, maybe cuckolding's not for you. Maybe you're a true hot wife couple, like you said, where you both are share equally. Um, or, you know, you have your stag and vixen. There's all those different aspects of it, but try and find where you're, you as a couple kind of fall and um, enjoy it the most. And Mm. it may not be in any of those boxes. It may be kind of a little meshing of several. Um, And, you know, um, it's just, it's an adventure. It truly is an adventure and and it is an empowering one for a woman. I have found um, that this has just been such a great experience uh, for me, and like I said, my confidence has just gone up, and um, uh, I just we've really enjoyed it, and, and he has enjoyed it, and so it's just broadened everything and just made us grow together. I mean, we have through this, I, I think we're closer now than we were easily 20 years ago, easily closer now as a couple. Um, as a married couple than mm. we were 20 years ago. No, I, I, I hear that from a lot of couples. And that's one of the things that I, I, I love about this lifestyle. You, you, you brought up confidence and I kind of want to touch on that uh, briefly because I, I feel like it's one of the things that even though I hear people talking about it, I feel, I still feel like it doesn't get talked about enough. And what I mean by that is it's kind of one of those unintended consequences about being in this lifestyle. Like very rarely do I hear people talking about confidence when they're thinking about getting into this lifestyle. Like it's not until they get into it and they experience it and they realize that, oh, wow, I wasn't expecting that to happen, but it happened. And what I'm curious about with you is obviously you've gained that confidence in yourself sexually. But one of the things I'm fascinated about is when when women get that confidence and it starts to permeate through other areas of their life. Like I've talked to women who said that their confidence, you know, it leaked into how they carry themselves at work. It, it leaks into, you know, how they deal with their family, you know, meaning, you know, before maybe their family would have a tendency to kind of speak over them and try to kind of enforce their will on them because maybe they were the youngest child and, and, and now they've kind of gotten this confidence and they speak up for themselves because they realize, you know what, I'm an adult, you know, I'm not going to let you guilt me into taking care of this person or taking care of that person or, 
you know, even if it's as simple as, you know, going on a vacation here when I want to go there, like it gives them the confidence to speak up. So I'm just curious when you speak on that confidence, have you felt it kind of filter through to other parts of your life or is it pretty much just strictly uh, confined to the bedroom? Um, I want to say I have been a fairly confident person in my intellect and in, uh, through my job. Um, uh, I have, uh, I've never really had any problem being in front of people. Um, so I've, I've had to carry myself very well through my profession through the years. Um, so it's mostly for me, it has been confidence in the bedroom. Um, you know, like saying that I was submissive, I, I felt like that was kind of where I, where I was, that was my kind of my gear house. And I found that I don't have to be if I don't want to be, that's that power exchange. If I want to give up my power, I can, if I want to keep my power, I can, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I can, I can experience both of those. And that's kind of, I think more where I have found that confidence is, is in the bedroom is that I don't always have to um, say, well, it's about him and, and let him uh, enjoy this. Um, I can speak up and say, you know what, this is what I like. This is how I want to do it. Um, so I think that's where I, I have found more of my confidence is through all of this is, is the experience in the bedroom. Well, that is, that is, that is, I always enjoy, and en- enjoy hearing about that. I mean, that's one of the things that I, I, I truly enjoy about this lifestyle is just the fact that it, it shines the light so brightly on, on, on women. And, uh, one of the things that I've gathered from, from talking to so many wives in this lifestyle is that a lot of you really wish that other women could experience this, like other women could experience oh, what it feels definitely. like to be placed in this position, not even just talking about the sexual aspect of it, but just the empowering aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I've talked to women who, who really wish that other women could, could experience it. And that's, that's the whole point of the podcast really is to, to, to just show these lifestyles as an option, you know, just like, Hey, there, there's something else out there, you know, and, you know, maybe you should check it out. You know, maybe you should turn mm-hmm. the page and, and, and learn about it and, and, and read up on it. And if you, if you learn about it and decide it's not for you, so be it. But it, at least be aware of it and explore it and see if it could have worked for you. Because we, this is, as they say, this is not a dress rehearsal. This is the only shot we got at this thing called life. So I don't, I'm yeah. the kind of person, I don't like yeah. regrets. I, I want to get it all out. I want to get it all out, you know. So, um, like I said, I'm trying to be mindful of the time, and I try to keep my my, my episodes, uh, you know, at, at a certain length. And I, I could tell I definitely would love to have you back because obviously there are things that I would love to talk more about. Um, and I know that, you know, uh, this is going to be a, a very interesting episode for, for people to listen to. And it's – you're – this conversation has been, I guess, a prime example for me about 
why I enjoy going into these without any kind of preconceived ideas, without a list of questions that I want to ask, because I learn, you know, I learn, I find out things and, you know, in talking to you, you know, you, I ask a question, you answer a question, but your answer opens a door and I want to walk through that door. Whereas if I had a predetermined list of questions, I might not walk through that door because I'm trying to get to all these other questions. Sure. Sure. You know, so I enjoy the organic aspect of just kind of letting it go where my guest leads it. And I feel like you've been kind of a prime example of of why I enjoy uh, why I enjoy that particular approach. So, well, thank you. Before I let you get out of here, is there anything at all that you would like to like I said, you, you, you have the floor. My listeners are listening to you. You've you you started as a listener. So, you know what this feels like to be sitting there listening. So now you have all of these people who are listening to you. Is there anything that you would like to say to my listeners, any words of wisdom or advice or any, anything sure. at all? The floor is yours. Sure. Um, just that, you know, as I said, that this has been such an empowering uh, journey that we, my husband and I have taken. Um, I started out, like you said, as a listener and just kind of said, you know, hey, honey, I found this podcast. It's crazy. I need, I want you to listen. And so my husband and I sat down and listened to several episodes together. And I said, I'm, I'm learning so much. So just finding out uh, information and doing some research and just seeing what other people said and hearing what other people's relationships have been like um, has been uh helped me um, in this journey that we have taken and chosen to take together. Um, So I just say to, you know, anyone listening, um, do some homework. Uh, If there is someone you can talk to, um, ask them questions, how they're, uh, you know, how they're doing it, um, how their relationship is evolving and how it's formed. Um, uh, this podcast has been great because it has kind of opened my eyes to uh, that there isn't a box you check and say, yes, I'm a hot wife or yes, I'm a cuckold couple. Um, you know, uh, there's there's so many aspects that you can learn. Um, and, and like I said, the empowerment is so huge. Um, I'm amazed at some of the women that I've listened to on your podcast. They are just great um, speakers and helped open my eyes to the different aspects and that, you know, you can um, be a mom and still um, have a great sex life with your husband. And it doesn't have to be conventional. It can be whatever you want it to be. And that's what we've really enjoyed about this is, you know, um, even though it may be slightly taboo in mm. mainstream, we ha- this is what we enjoy, and we're okay with that, and other people are okay with that, and you know they enjoy it too. It's not something that oh we've stumbled ac- upon this thing and it's different, and so maybe we need to keep it hush hush. There's other people just like us out there. Oh, absolutely. And, um, 
and and so it's it's been it's been great. And like I said, thank you so much, Michael, for this podcast because it was the first one I found. Um, and so I, I was I didn't know there was a whole world of other people out there, um, you know. And so I've been enjoying listening, and, and I've loved being a guest. So thank you, well, thank no, you I, for bringing I, me on. I, I I appreciate you you coming on. And actually, you brought up something that I did want to mention before I let you get out of here. I know that, and this is for anybody listening, I know that you hear me talk about labels a lot. And what I want people to understand is, even though I talk about them a lot, I also understand that in the grand scheme of things, they're not important at all. Like, I I use them to kind of help people kind of figure out where they fit. But at the end of the day, it's all about you and your partner and what works best for you. That's all that matters. You and your partner and what works best for you. The only time that I feel that labels actually serve like a worthwhile purpose really is when you're kind of looking for a bull. Like finding out, okay, this is what we are, so we need a bull that complements what we are. Meaning mm-hmm. if you're a couple and you enjoy cuckolding, then obviously your preference would be to find a bull who is experienced with the cuckolding dynamic, you know? So that's the area where I feel like labels kind of where they do serve a purpose is when you're trying Mm -hmm. to select someone and you're trying to figure out, okay, are you experienced in, in what we're looking for? But as far as the way, as far as a label pertaining to the couple at the end of the day, they, they don't really matter. Like I said, you can use them kind of as a guideline to try to figure out, you know, what you want to explore more and what you want to gain more knowledge about. But like I said, at the end of the day, they, they don't really matter. So I don't want to be hypocritical or inconsistent in what I'm saying. Because like I said, I know that I talk about labels a lot, but understand that, like I said, at the end of the day, they don't really matter. <laughs> they really don't. Yeah. So, I agree. Uh, now, I do know, before I let you get out of here, I know, like I said, we met on Twitter. Um, and I know uh-huh. that when people listen, they're going to want to, you know, reach out to you and thank you for, for sharing your story. So would you mind telling my listeners how they can find you on Twitter? Um, I am on Twitter. And I am um, hotwife underscore uh, Missy. Um, and you can find my page and look me up, follow me. Um, and thank you, Michael, for giving me this opportunity. Oh, no, it's, it's, no, I, I should be thanking you for, you know, you, you guys are the ones that show courage. I mean, this is what I do, but you guys are the ones that come on here and you open up and you, you know, you, 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 you put up with all my insistent questions and, <laughs> and everything. So I, 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 I should be the one, I should be the one thanking you guys. So thank you very much, Missy. And again, that is at hot wife, H O T W I F E underscore M I S S Y. If you would like to find her on, on Twitter. So I want to thank you for coming on again. I say this at every episode, but to my Patreon supporters, you know, you guys are the reason why this happens. Like you guys are the reasons why I can devote time to not just running the show, but looking for people to bring you interesting stories, you know? So if you are a Patreon supporter, thank you from the bottom of my heart. 
If you are not yet a Patreon supporter, like I said, maybe this episode will be the one that convinces you to become one. Maybe this episode is the one that makes you say, hey, you know what? I want this guy to continue doing what he's doing and and you'll decide to, to, to become one. So again, thank you all very much. Thank you, Missy, uh, for coming on and, and being so candid and, and everything that you talked about. And thank you to my listeners. I am your host, Michael C. This has been another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. And I will see you when I see you. Take care.